Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. 95-7 the game. Even Chanzo will throw it in. Draymond Green orchestrating. Thompson curls right. He's not open. Pass to pull inside. Layup is up and good. He scored it with a second to go. Zaire Williams will throw it in the baseline. Waiting, looking. Throws into Bain. Bain will just chuck it down the floor. It's no good. The Warriors get the win. Pull went back door on the baseline. 122 to 120. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, but unbelievably brilliant. The execution, the design, and the decision, apparently, from Draymond Green to call the final play, even though the Warriors hadn't practiced it in months. It all adds up, though, to a thrilling Warriors victory as we welcome you back inside Chase Center. John Dickinson with you. It's Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7. The game, 122-120 to 120 is the final. Uh, opening up the phone lines here at 888-957-9570 to react to this one as the Warriors get back to 500. And uh, one of those nights where it's difficult, frankly, to, to look around and, and decide where to start. And I think you have to start right there at the end. But even a little bit earlier than, than the final play, the Warriors at times looking like this was going to be a slog. Uh, at times, looking like they were gonna gonna go down by eight to twelve points in this one. At, at times, looking as if the turnovers and the fouls and you know some of the late game issues that have plagued this squad were gonna bite them in the rear end once again. But the Warriors able to rally over the final five minutes, a twenty-two to nine run to finish the game uh, up by two, and they outscore the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter, thirty-two to twenty-four. Uh, to win this thing by two as the Warriors uh, get back to the, the 500 mark. A lot to get into here at 888-957-9570. Uh, a night where you knew that there wasn't going to be uh, a lack of motivation. You knew there was going to be a hell of a lot of intensity in, in the arena. And you knew that the Warriors uh, were going to try and bounce back in a, in a big way and, and continue to send a message to the rest of the league, but I think more specifically to the Memphis Grizzlies that you know if these two teams play in a playoff series, and it's all jumbled up as far as where the Warriors are, but if these two teams are playing in a, in a series that, that the Warriors have the upper hand and the Warriors have the, the upper hand mentally, the Warriors have the upper hand in terms of being clutch in the big moments, and that the Warriors can, can find a way even on nights where they don't play well in many areas to just kind of hang around, to just kind of hang in the game and and never feel like any lead is fully safe and that you're ready to pounce and, and, and steal one 
uh, as the Warriors did with the, the final five minutes and, and doing just enough in so many different ways. Even if your superstar Hall of Fame finals MVP player gets himself ejected from the game in the final minute uh, as that was a, another wild scene and, and I think maybe even more wild than Steph Curry getting ejected were the circumstances by which he did end up throwing his mouthpiece off of a, a Jordan Poole shot uh, as, as he takes a 30-footer uh, w- with Curry available to receive the pass in a, in a critical moment and Poole casts off and basically Curry loses his mind on the shot selection <laughs> running back, starting to maybe lose the mouthpiece and just decides to chuck it uh, and the official right there uh, immediately uh, with the technical foul. And at first, everybody's wondering what the heck's going on. Like, what happened? Did Curry get a technical foul for, for arguing with the official? Did, but, and then the announcement made over the PA that, that he had been ejected from the game for one technical foul. Now, there are certain rules in place to where a player can be ejected without picking up a second technical foul, and throwing your mouthpiece is one of those. And so for everybody that's that's thinking and we can have a discussion about whether you know he should have got kicked out of the game, how can you kick an MVP out of the game? How can you kick a, the, the star player on a night where this is a nationally televised game and, and everybody's got eyes on it and it's such a terrific competitive game between two rivals? How do you kick the best player in that game off the floor in, in the last minute? Well, the NBA rules, unfortunately for Steph, and I think unfortunately for the viewer is, and the listener here at 95.7 The Game, is pretty clear cut uh, when you look at it. And Madeline Kenny of the Bay Area News Group was the person who went inside the officials' locker room postgame. Anytime there is something controversial, uh, as was the case tonight, a reporter uh, can be selected to go in and, and ask a, a question or ask a couple of questions of the crew chief. And so Madeline Kenny of Bay Area News Group was selected to do that tonight, and she went in, and uh, Sean Wright was not the official who ejected Steph Curry from the game, but he is the crew chief uh, on this crew tonight. And so she asked him uh, what you know, just explain Curry being ejected. And, and Sean Wright said, quote, Stephen Curry takes his mouthpiece and throws it into the stands with force. As per rule, that is an automatic ejection. So you got to know. And at that point, it doesn't matter if Steph was mad at Jordan Poole. It doesn't matter if, if he was mad at... Petritus, the the official, uh, it, it doesn't matter if he was mad at, at uh, somebody in the in the third row, <laughs> or at the the dirt, <laughs> you know, uh, down the block at at Oracle Park. Uh, it it doesn't matter uh, once you throw your your uh, mouthpiece, and and he wasn't directing it at, at the official at all. I think it was just frustration from potentially taking another L and the shot that that Jordan Poole had taken in that situation. And obviously everybody knowing Jordan Poole's had some late game issues and thinking that, that an opportunity to steal that game 
from down 11 with five minutes to go was slipping away. He, he lost his mind, which I, I think a lot of Warrior fans can, in that moment, completely identify with. I think Warrior fans have been losing their mind over some of the ineptitude of the Warriors in some of these close games for the better part of three months now on the, on this NBA season. So so to see Steph in, in such a you know a human moment just kind of lose it there for a minute. And you know, I'm, I'm one that's been known to have a, a temper tantrum or two kind of out of the blue from time to time. So I can I can relate to it. But but as far as the rule goes, uh, you throw your mouthpiece into the stands, whether you're directing your anger toward another player, your own teammate, your head coach, or the official, it's an automatic ejection. So at that point, uh, the rule is the rule, whether there should be a little bit of leeway at that point uh, you know, it, it, it's tough uh, because, you know, I don't I don't think you want to give leeway to the officials in situations like that, because then they'll pick and choose as to, well, you know, this this you don't want to put the officials in a position to where they're trying to get in somebody's head and trying to determine intent. And so you have to have the rule be clear cut regardless of all of that. And I wanted to make sure I, I laid that out and, and explained it with the quote from the crew chief, it did just suck for the game. Just the, the fact that Steph was not in that game down the stretch because it was such a terrific game between two rivals who who just played a an absolute, just you know, gut-wrenching, just knockdown, drag-out playoff series. And now they've played here for the second time in the last month and the Warriors continuing to, to get the upper hand on the Grizzlies. But to not see Steph be able to, to potentially do something special in the, the final minute of a game like that, it, it just sucks. But the rules are the rules. And uh, the Warriors, uh, that, that could have been really costly in a bad moment where the Warriors were really in desperate need of, of a victory. Uh, but they're able to get enough stops down the stretch, enough critical offensive rebounds, limit some of the turnovers, and then uh, a brilliant out-of-bounds play with Dante DiVincenzo hitting Jordan Poole on the cut. It looked like they, they uh, the Warriors ran some actions in front of Jordan Poole with Zaire Williams uh, defending him, and it basically was a, a clear-out to, to draw the attention of the defense in front of Poole to give Poole an opportunity to, to back-cut uh, and, and try and get position with DiVincenzo hitting him. So really, really well-designed play. I know in the post-game press conference, which we'll play for you coming up here at 95-7 the game, uh, Steve Kerr did allude to the fact that Draymond called the play, and it was a play that the Warriors hadn't run in a practice in, in a couple of months, but executed it well enough. And Poole cleverly being able to to get away from Zaire Williams and a brilliant pass from Dante DiVincenzo and, a, and an excellent finish because Zaire Williams is in the game at that point for his length and for his defensive ability with the, the Warriors trying to obviously win the game uh, on the play before the ball went out of bounds to the to the Warriors. And, and the Warriors have been very good over the years at, at beating teams with pretty clever inbounds plays, and uh, they wind up winning themselves their 24th game uh, of the season, their 24th win of the season by doing just that. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. A lot of heroes tonight for the Warriors. We'll get into that coming up here 
Uh, we will get to Al in Alameda as well in just a moment. But first, let's, uh, let's do our station ID here for the top of the 11 o'clock hour. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. All right, John Dickinson back here inside Chase Center. Warriors 122, Grizzlies 120 as the Dubs get a win, even their record to 1-1 one one in the homestand. They also break the losing streak on the home floor. Had been a four-game home losing streak to fall to 17-6 and six after they had been 17-2. and two. Uh, But the Warriors uh, get back on the, on the winning ways, and uh, we'll give you an update on the standings here because it's still really, really jumbled up. We'll let you know with a lot of teams in and around where the Warriors are in the standings playing each other tonight, this win even more huge. And uh, we'll, we'll tell you how huge coming up here uh, because it is, it is even more jumbled. And the Warriors, for being 24 and 24, they are, they are right there if they can get on even a little bit of a run, even a, even a 6, 7, and 2 kind of a run over an 8 or a 9-game stretch. And the Warriors may wake up with the same seed that they had last year and, and need as many as 8 to 10 to 12 fewer victories than they had last year to, to get it. So Alan Alameda. Uh, here at 888-957-9570. What's going on tonight, Al? Good evening, John. Yes, uh, before, I, before I go to my main uh, subject here, uh, wasn't there uh, once upon a time they had that issue also with uh, Curry throwing, uh, tossing his uh, mouthpiece before? Al, I'm going okay. ju- to jump in. and I'll let you finish here, Al. I'm going to jump in right now. This was the third time in Steph Curry's career that he had been ejected. All three times have been for a mouthpiece. All three. Third ejection. Uh, Tonight, there was a game on October 21st of 2017 at Memphis. And the one that everybody remembers, game six of the 2016 finals. So you had game five with Draymond being suspended. You had game six back in Cleveland. The Warriors were getting run out uh, in, in that game. And Curry was ejected. And then, obviously, they ended up losing Game 7. But, yeah, that, that series that the Warriors lost to the Cavs, Game 6 in Cleveland for for throwing his mouthpiece. Go ahead, Al. Okay. But, okay, okay, uh, Curry got out, okay. He was pissed because of um, uh, Jordan Poole. But look who made the last shot in winning game, Jordan Poole. But if Curry was there, you know what? They would guard him. Two or three defender on him, but knowing Curry, he would do some. Sometimes he would do a turnover. Okay, but it was a blessing right there. He got ejected. I don't want that, but the the that was like yeah, yeah blessing. Like I said, so who was the winning point there? It was Jordan Poole. So uh, let's let's give Jordan Poole credit, despite he was a little iffy there to again. Okay. And I cannot talk uh, for you about this double team. Uh, every time they double team Clay or Curry, something's got to be out there more shooting. Okay, but you know what? Overall, tonight it was a good game, and I loved it. Despite one and uh, John Moran and those guys, the crew, oh, my God, they're getting in my blood. Thank you for taking my call. They they get everybody fired up and they get the war they get the Warriors attention which I think is the biggest thing thanks Al uh, for for the phone call and uh, you knew the Warriors were gonna 
fight and scratch and claw and and grind and and not give up no matter the circumstance. It really felt like the first five games of that holiday homestand where the Warriors were so undermanned and yet they kept competing. And and there were lengthy stretches of a lot of those games where it looked like, oh, the Warriors are going to lose this game. Like, the Warriors are playing terribly. You know, the defense is bad. They're, they're, they're getting hit on the boards. They're, they're turning the ball over. But they stuck with it from a competitiveness standpoint, and that allowed them to remain in a lot of these games and, and be able to, to, to win a, a lot of those games. And those wins have held the Warriors' season together uh, at, at, to the point where they are 500 and not much worse at this point than 500, especially when they had to play the 11 games without Steph Curry in the middle and back half of, of December and, and on into to January. But you look at a uh, funny thing from post game. So Jordan Poole's heading down toward the Warriors locker room and Steph Curry's waiting back there to, to celebrate. And one of the videos that kind of went viral after the game is, is Poole seeing Curry uh, there to congratulate him uh, after the game and after Curry had been ejected and Poole takes his mouthpiece and just chucks it right at Curry and then they hug it out uh, following uh, a big-time Warriors win. As far as the lineups and everything else, uh, the Warriors finished tonight with four guards and Draymond Green and I thought that was an interesting way to go and Steve Kerr making that adjustment. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. getting getting his sixth foul and fouling out of the game allowed the Warriors to, to be able to do that and have more success because Jaron Jackson Jr. really did make an impact on this game defensively with, with his length and, and, and his physicality and, and just size. But for the Warriors to be able to spread it out with Draymond and have DiVincenzo out there with Poole, have Curry out there with Clay Thompson at the end up until the point in which Curry was ejected from the game, that ignited the run which gave the Warriors a chance. And, and I think, you know, there are times where we go back and forth on it, the, the fact that the Warriors are small, but the Warriors can also win playing small and be highly successful and, and spread the floor and get a lot of open looks and, and have space opened up to where they can, they can drive to the basket and, and really get the ball and, the, and the, the game moving at a pace to where even the, the youthful, exuberant teams like the Grizzlies can't quite keep up in the same efficient manner that the Warriors do. But the collective component of it for Golden State is they got to be able to rebound. You know, they got to be able to, to fly around and collectively rebound the basketball. And the Warriors were able to do a good enough job of, of all of that down the stretch to, to not get wrecked by it and have the ability to, to come back. Uh, 888-957-9570, 9570 John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up from Chase. Warriors win at 122-120. to Let's go to Chris in San Francisco next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Chris. Hey, J.D. Um, I just want to ask a question. I've been noticing sure. the past couple of games, uh, Clay has been visibly upset and frustrated. And now tonight, you could you could see uh, Steph was visibly uh, frustrated and uh, upset. Have you uh, have through their careers? Have you? I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen them this visibly upset towards either teammates or the situation. Have uh, you recall recall anything? No, I I think you know it comes with 
from my estimation, and I, I can't, I, I don't recall a, a, a lengthy period of time. And, and I think part of it is the Warriors were always good enough from about you know, 2015, really, to, to 2019, you know, from the pre-Durant and then once Durant came. Like they, they went through troubles from time to time, but they were always good enough to where they would win enough to, to, to calm things down. When you're winning a lot, it calms down frustrations. You can still be frustrated about a lot of different things, but but you're winning, and at the end of the day, you may have been really mad about something in-game or whatever, how you're playing or, or a teammate or the system or whatever, the opponent, but you win. And when you win, you're able to, to let it out and it doesn't fester. But this Warriors team this year, uh, I think, is fine them. They found themselves in a unique position. So so that was kind of the 15 to 19 portion that, that I laid out there first. But then I think there was the two-year stretch where they would deal with frustration a little bit differently, but they also knew they couldn't win a championship in, in that, you know, they were 15 and 50, and then the next year without Clay, they end up in the playing tournament. And there were some times where, you know, that season I think actually looked a little bit like this season – Clay obviously wasn't a part of it, but the expectation wasn't to win an NBA championship that year. And I think everybody had an understanding that that team was probably not going to be good enough. This is very much different. And I think I think the reason for a lot of the frustration is the fact that there are, you know, these guys are fighting for one more run at it. They It's one more bite at the apple. And I think there's also frustration from, different agendas like I feel like everybody's got their own different agendas you know Jordan Poole wants to turn himself into a a star and validate that the 30 million dollar average he's going to be having beginning next year and Clay is trying to prove to everybody that that he's back and that he still is very much worthy of another big payday even though he's making 40 large this year and another 40 for next year and you've got Steph who I think knows that he's good enough to contend for championships moving forward for this year and maybe another couple of years, but is looking around and, and wondering whether the rest of the team is good enough. And I think there's some frustration there. And then you've got Draymond with the pool punch. You've got Draymond with all of the speculation about whether he'll go somewhere. And then there's the cloak of Bob Myers. And is he going to be going somewhere? And the reporting on that today that there's other suitors and he may end up being a free agent. So I, I think all of that is is interesting to, to look at. And I think it all compounds. And when you don't win at the level that this Warriors team is used to winning at, I think that's when it that's when it explodes. And I think that's when the frustration becomes more visible. So it's it's a long-winded answer, and I, I appreciate it, Chris. It's a long-winded answer, but I think it's a lot of different things that aren't being masked by winning at the level that these guys are used to winning at. And then that's when you start looking around the room and and looking at people a little bit differently. And so I think that's been pretty prevalent for, for this team this season. Now, can they wipe that away? Can making a little run here in the last two and a half months of the season and, and getting into the, the playoffs as a 4-3 as a seed give them the, the you know, wherewithal to, to cast that stuff aside and try and make one more run? It remains to be seen, but I do think there are more potential for, for fractures for a number of different reasons as they try to navigate these last two and a half months and get to that 
uh, end of the, the regular season. 888-957-9570. Let's keep it rolling on the phone lines. we got people that want to talk. Uh, and next is Robin in San Francisco. Hey, Robin, how you doing tonight? Hi, J.D. Can you hear me? Because I went to the game Sunday and I lost my voice. So, oh, wonderful. You, uh, you sound great, Robin. You always sound great, loud and clear. I I like what you had to say uh, and summed that up in terms of what the last caller asked you. I felt like he was alluding to pool. I, I really want to take up for pool because, uh, you know, people always want to escape go for him because he does a lot of things, right, That you know, in the late minute. And then they want to blame Wiggins, anybody but the decor. I just want to say this, J.D., it, it was a good game. I really have nothing to offer. I just think that they, the, it came down to who executed the best. But um, I want to say this about Steph Curry because they're talking on social media about uh, justifying his actions. He wouldn't have did that if Poole would have done this. And I just want to say this. There's something called accountability. Look it up in the dictionary, Warrior fans. And Curry should know better. No matter what a person, what is he going to go around and throw his mouthpiece out the next time another player messes up? I was quite frankly surprised by him throwing his temper tantrum. So, you know, lay off pool because Curry should have knew better. He's accountable for his own action and his own behavior. And stop giving the golden boy. He is my golden boy too, J.D. But he don't get a pass for everything. And don't blame Poole for that. He's not two years old. He's a grown man and 14 years of house in this basketball league, and he should have knew better. Peace out. Go Warriors. All right. Thank, thank you, Robin. Well said. Uh, Robin's line open at 888-957-9570. And, yeah, the, the previous caller, Chris, was absolutely talking about Jordan Poole and, and, and the, some of the reaction to some of the mistakes and some of the play, whether it's a lack of defense or shot selection or whatever it is. But yeah, you can't you cannot blame Jordan Poole for Steph Curry getting ejected from the game. It's a it, it's an automatic ejection if you throw your mouthpiece. It doesn't matter why. And and you know, we we ran that down and, and he knows that. I mean the other thought I had was could you could you imagine if Draymond did that? You imagine if Draymond did that and got kicked out, what we'd be talking about? Now again, it's a different situation and Draymond has had more issues along the lines of temper and, and things like that throughout his career. So it, it, it is a little bit of a different conversation, no doubt. But, but yeah, Steph's got to own that one. Uh, and, you know, if the officials keep him in the game for in that particular situation, you know, that that's not exactly right either as much as I personally think it, it sucked for the game to not have Steph in there down the stretch. Uh, it's, you know, the rule is the rule and it's, it's a rule, frankly, that's kind of one of his go-tos when he gets frustrated, he starts messing around with that mouthpiece and it bit him there in a situation where, where he was pretty frustrated. All right, let's keep it moving. Wando on 280 next year on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game. What's going on, Wando? Hey, JD, can you hear me? Loud and clear, my man. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Good. I just couple quick things before I get to my main point. Uh, love when you're hosting on 95.7, uh, whether it's this or during the days. Uh, you're, you're really Appreciate great. It. And uh, quick point before I give Poole a little, because um, I disagree with a couple things that you, Al, and um, 
the lady just a moment ago. I forget her name, even though I hear her all the time. Yeah. Uh, what she was saying about yeah, Robin. I, I do yeah. think a lot. I do think a lot of Warriors fans will blame. Yeah, Robin will blame Pool, and I do um, because in that instance, really, it's as obvious as it gets. Minute to go, give Curry the ball. Nobody in the arena is shouting um, "shoo" at that point. And like I said, I want to give Pool a little credit because he did make a great effort to get a second chance on a offensive rebound late there. But um, I, I think a lot of Warriors fans, myself included, are extremely frustrated with the number of blunders that we see from Poole, and that one was just as obvious as it gets, where you can just hand the ball to Steph and let him do his thing. Uh, quick question before you cut me off. Is it 30 or $40 million he's going to be getting uh, starting next year? And thanks, J.D. Uh, you got it. It's it's going to be it's an average of thirty point two five. So the next four years, beginning with next year, because he had one year left on his rookie contract. That that's this year where he's I think three nine or four nine. Um, I can't all of a sudden I can't remember if it was three nine or four nine, but it's it's in that range. And then next year it kicks in where the the average over the next four is thirty point two five. I believe if you if you add them up, it gradually goes up over the course of the. The, the four years look there's no doubt it's a blunder that my, my only there's no doubt that a lot of warrior fans are, are ticked off by a lot of the blunders it's no doubt that that Steph had a right to be upset even as as a leader in the face of the franchise and and the guy who, who probably should have had the ball in his hands in that situation but you can't throw the mouthpiece like that's the di- that's the difference like you you can't because if you throw the mouthpiece you're out of the game like no exceptions. So at that point, like get ticked off, but you know, yell at him if you want, but you can't take your mouthpiece and chuck it into the stands. And I get it. Maybe Steph was just just so wound up in the moment that he chose to do that as opposed to making a scene and going at pool. But uh, you know, at, at the same time, you can't throw the mouthpiece. So I think that's where the accountability and, and all of that comes in. Uh, not to absolve Poole from what was a, a clear-cut blunder. Uh, Jeff in San Jose next here on, on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Jeff? Hi there. A long-time fan, long-time listener. I've uh, been watching the Warriors since Jim Barnett was making jumpers. Um, nice. I think it's more Curry's fault, not just for the rule, but for sheer hypocrisy. I've watched 90 to 95% of the Warriors games that are on forever. And I've seen him jack up on a five-second clock, with a three-point lead many times. So it's pure hypocrisy for him to get mad. Unless he thinks, hey, you know, I sh- my shooting at five seconds is okay, and his isn't, which I think is bullshit. Excuse my language. Oh, thanks thanks for the call, Sterling. Make sure we wipe that out. Those, those uh, listening on Twitch and YouTube will, and the stream will enjoy that. But uh, 888-957-9570. Sterling, let me know if we got to wait uh, to take another call there for just a second. Uh, I'm not sure. I think we probably have to wait a little bit. But, uh, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, for <laughs> checking it. Oh, we're good? Okay. We're good? Or no? Okay, we're good. We can keep going. Uh, but, yeah, it, it it Clay Thompson's done it as far as the ability, you know, taking quick shot. Remember the shot in Dallas, I want to say, in 2013? I mean, this was before the Warriors were a, a championship-type team, but – and Mark Jackson was coaching the team, but they they got an offensive rebound, I believe, with about I think it was with the shot clock off, and they were up by three, and Clay shot it and and, and missed it, and the Mavs ended up getting a shot down the stretch. So that, but when you're that, but but that that's just it though. The the flip side to that is, and I think a lot of Warrior fans would would clap back 
at the the last caller and say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, Steph does have more leeway than Jordan Poole in a clutch situation, especially given the way Jordan Poole's played in clutch situations lately. So th- there is a there is a, some wiggle room to be had here, uh, I think, both ways as it, as it pertains to this. 888-957-9570. Uh, Rich in Fremont as we go back to the phones here on Warriors. Wrap-up. Fun one tonight. Good ball game. Dubs beat the Grizz 122-120. to 120. What's going on, Rich? Hey, what's up, J.D.? Thanks for taking my call. Two things. First is this. What if Steph did what he did to ignite the team? I mean, after all, we're looking at a person who's been in the league as long as he's been. He knows the rules. He knows what he should and shouldn't do. And yet he still did it. Which makes you think, okay, you know what? If I do this, maybe this might ignite the team to play better as a team. And you know what? Probably not a bad idea. The second thing is this. If, for whatever reason, Brooklyn and KD don't get this done, what if they go to KD and say, you know what? You did good things here. And guess what? We, we have something we can put together where we can bring you back here. Does KD all of a sudden look and say, you know what? I look at my, 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 my tenure. I look at the NBA. I look at you know, what I can do and not do. What if I go back to Golden State? Because he's been in, he's been in, he's been in Brooklyn and it hasn't worked out. It's, it's looking, yeah, well, out. look, I, I, Rich, I think let me jump in there because we got a few other people. As far as the KD part goes, if we'll, we got to see how this thing ends this year. And, and the other part of it for me is I don't think the Warriors have a package good enough to get KD. Because I, I think, you know, Moody and Wiseman don't have a lot of value right now. And Kaminga is somebody who's who played well tonight, by the way. We haven't mentioned Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, overall, a minus 16, so good things weren't happening when he was on the floor. But I thought he did have some moments where, where he played pretty well. And again, finishing around the basket, a couple of unbelievable dunks, knocked down a corner three. Uh, I, I thought that the plus minus, not necessarily to the eye test, a true indicator of how well Kaminga played. But I, I don't think a, a deal centering around Kaminga at this point, Moody and Wiseman would would even sniff. Uh, you know, even if you put Wiggins in there, sniff being able to get Durant back. So that that's more of a conversation I think for June and July. Uh, as far as Steph doing it to ignite the team, uh, I don't think your superstar franchise Hall of Fame player does that to ignite a team. Uh, with a minute to go where he puts himself in a position that he's not going to be out there for that final minute. So when you look at it and how it worked out, ironic that Poole is the guy that ends up with the game-winning shot, given he was the guy that had ticked off Steph. But uh, I don't think we can give Steph the benefit of the doubt for for that one tonight, uh, as much as he is a deity in the Bay Area uh, and rightfully so, from a basketball standpoint, of course. Eight uh, eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Gabriel in San Francisco next year on Warriors wrap up. What's going on, Gabriel? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I actually wanted to talk about Kaminga. I thought he was great on the floor. He's showing a lot of maturity now, uh, making decisions in space. Uh, he's kind of taking on a Draymond handoff screener cut to the basket role, and then his defense is great, and he just adds that verticality. I'd like to see him uh, play more near down the stretch of games. And, yeah, I think he's a keeper. Um, the other
other young guys aren't really progressing as much as we'd like, especially Moody. Wiseman uh, can't seem to stay healthy, but I think we have a gem with Kaminga on our hands, and I can't wait to see him uh, flourish more. So, yeah, Thank the th- plus minus yeah. wasn't great, but I think it's great tonight. Yeah, the the I like I said the eye test and, and thanks Gabriel the eye test said he played better than the plus minus did and and look plus minus for a single game isn't always a true indicator of of whether a guy played well or not there are some different factors when you look at an at an individual game that that can be more important I and I thought he was so I thought he was better than those numbers tonight and and yeah he is doing more little things moving the ball screening he he. You know, can get the Warriors some some inside twos, which I think they they need, uh, as opposed to just casting off from from three and and shooting jumpers. And if he can continue to develop into that on ball defender, he can be really valuable, I think, especially come playoff time. And so I think you look at the the Warriors right now, and they're they're in a spot where. No, so far so good in in his couple of games back and the last two in particular going for 20 going for 13 tonight and I do think he's going to get chances to finish some games if he's playing well it is going to be tricky though because you know when the Warriors have everybody with Steph and Clay Draymond and Wiggins it's it some nights it's going to be pool some nights it's going to be loony some nights you could make a case even for DiVincenzo. Some nights you could make the case that it's going to be Iguodala if Iguodala's ever healthy and, and back and, and playing again. And so Kamingo finds himself as being one of those many, many options that Steve Kerr has as the, the fifth player to try and finish things up. Uh, Jonathan is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on, Jonathan? Well, I wasn't able to talk to you when I was here for the Hornets game on the 27th. Uh, a lot of stuff happening both with that game and Jewish Heritage Night, plus it was a, a kind of another late game. But this one was a classic. Uh, I'm uh, still uh, holding my breath <laughs> from that ending. I thought I was going to see my first overtime game here uh, until Poole got that layup and then got that last stop at the end. But uh, I'm still proud of them for hanging in. I got to say, though, uh, you know, the turnovers were <laughs> – way too much tonight and they were very sloppy it wasn't looking good so this is you know for n- never being able to go to a playoff game this is the closest to experiencing one i think uh i think chase center finally reached oracle arena level this was the loudest i've ever heard chase center and it was rocking uh tonight i think literally warriors fans carried this team to victory in the fourth quarter because it looked like they had nothing going uh, into the fourth. And then magically, they just kept chipping away, and lo and behold, they pulled it off. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm done, but I'm, I'm relieved, and hopefully that's a, a good omen going into not only Friday and the rest of the season, but for the Niners on Sunday. And uh, I, saw, I saw Papa before the game, and I... Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other. Other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate appreciate the call. We'll let you go on, on that note. Uh, Jonathan, uh, al- always fun checking in with you here. Yeah, it was a great atmosphere tonight. It was it was a tremendous atmosphere tonight. The people were excited. The Grizzlies bring out the best, I think, in, in the Warrior fans. I think the the Grizzlies bring out the best in the Warriors themselves. And you knew this was going to be the kind of game that I, I thought, frankly, the Grizzlies didn't make the Warriors pay for all of the fouling and all of the turnovers early on. They, they never led by more than... 10 in this game it was a 10 point game with what about five minutes to go and the Warriors found themselves you know keep they kept coming they kept coming they kept coming this has been a game where they had gotten down 16 they they wouldn't have been able to to come back or if they had gotten down more early but the Warriors always had an answer always fighting back always able to to continue to make a run and it felt like for as badly as the Warriors played at times that the Grizzlies really couldn't push the lead up high enough to to where the Warriors weren't going to have a shot and you knew the Warriors tonight were going to keep keep hanging in there and keep fighting and keep keep trying to to win that game uh, in in a desperate tight mode. Now I do think big picture you look moving forward and there were a lot of times tonight where the Warriors just it it just didn't look great. It just looked like a team that was disconnected and you know it it a lot of the bad moments from a lot of these games over the course of the last week since Curry's come back the last couple of weeks now I guess it's been two since Curry's come back where this team has just looked to they just look disjointed and the defense is good in stretches bad in others the turnovers the shot selection sometimes they're able to outshoot it and and hang in a in a better spot uh, because they're shooting the basketball well and I and so the one lingering thing that I will say before we get to a few minutes of coach Kerr here is 
it took, this is another win, and you feel good about the win, and you love where the Warriors are in the standings and all of that, but this is another game where they had to work their tails off just to barely win, and those take a toll. And how this, you know, can this Warriors team get on a run good enough to maybe get into that top four, but not completely wipe themselves out over the last two and a half months of this regular season to, to be able to do it? That's something to keep an eye on because all of these wins that the Warriors have earned in the last month and a half have been same kind of games where it's just not perfect and they got to expend so much energy compared to other years that that's something that eventually could take a toll at the back end of a, of a regular season or once you start to get into a playoff series where you got to beat teams four in a row, three, four different times if you're going to get all the way to uh, an NBA championship again. All right, let's hear a couple of minutes of Steve Kerr as uh, the Warriors win this one tonight over the Grizz, 122-120. to 120. Steve, when it comes to Steph's ejection, did you feel like the punishment fit the crime there? Or is that where a moment where Steph has to know better than the throw the mouthpiece? I didn't, I didn't see what happened at the time. So, um, you know, when the ref called it, I was confused. Uh, and then the, the coach told me he threw, threw the mouthpiece down out of anger. And I guess he, he throw it into the stands. So I think, yeah, I think that's on, that's automatic. Uh, ejection so yeah, he he knows he knows he's he can't make that mistake again uh, but I was really proud of the guys that they fought fought through and executed down the stretch and uh, got us the win Steve uh, there's it's been some like heroin moments for Jordan at the end of games talk about how he executed down the stretch you know the out-of-bounds play looked like a really good cut good finish and you know, he, it was a big moment for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think JP has been um, much more solid uh, the last um, five, six games. Um, you know, he had a stretch there where he was um, he was trying so hard uh, to make plays, and uh, he was he was making a lot of turnovers, taking a lot of bad shots. And I think he's been uh, much better, just shot selection, decision making. Doesn't mean he's going to be perfect, but um, you know, I think he had three turnovers early in the game and didn't have any the rest of the game. Thought he fought really hard defensively, uh, battled out there. Um, so I thought I thought he played a, a great game. What did you like most about the way this game finished? I mean, not just the technically, but in terms of just the emotions that were there. Yeah, I, I mean, to win the game after the Steph ejection was great. Uh, I, I liked the execution down the stretch. Um, I thought we uh, we got good looks on offense, and defensively, we, we did what we needed to do. You know, um, they, they scored um, the two with six seconds left to tie it, but, you know, we didn't leave the three-point line, which was uh, a priority. And um, so we made them you know, execute and job made a great pass. Uh, I think it was Clark who got the dunk, but I just thought we battled and, um, you know, as poor as our execution was in the first half and as scattered as we were, it just looked like we, we settled down better down the stretch and made, made better decisions. And what was your reaction when you saw Jordan fire up that 30 footer with a full shot clock? With uh, Steph Curry open next to him. We won. We won, Monty. Let's focus on the positives.
you went like hyper small with like five minutes left, four guards and Draymond, uh, and then go on a 14-3 run. Why did you make the choice to go that small? And uh, how big within that was Jaron Jackson's ejection? Yeah, I mean, we had a little stretch there where we we were not getting anything offensively. I think we had both bigs out there with Loon and Draymond, and and our de- our defense is obviously better with those guys out there. But you know, Memphis really makes it tough on us spa- uh, spacing wise because of the way they they guard us and the, just their size and physicality so we went small to try to create some space and and open up the game a little bit more Dante was playing jaw uh, well he was doing a good job on him so we just decided to you know to to throw that lineup out there and yeah and I thought Jaron Jackson's um, sixth foul was a big moment in the game uh, it allowed us to play smaller for for a longer stretch you mentioned the, the defensive execution down the stretch in the third that you guys allowed them to score 42. So, and then t- just 24 in the fourth. So what was, I guess, like the big shift in the third quarter and then changing that into, into the fourth. I just thought we showed a lot of grit and, and uh, toughness in the fourth. You know, I thought Steph found his groove a little bit. And when he, when he finds that it gives our team confidence and we play better at both ends and um, you know the the um, the third quarter was tough. They 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 got going downhill at us. They they, they had a ton of free throws, thirty seven for the game. But you know every time we play these guys, the game's back and forth, and there's a lot of lot of runs in, in both directions. So we were confident we could come back and win. Another tremendous scoring night for Jonathan Kaminga. Steve, thirteen points on five of six. What have you liked about his game since he returned from injury? Uh, I liked JK's uh, aggressiveness, obviously his athleticism and strength. He gives us a, a dynamic that we don't otherwise have, um, you know, getting to the rim and, and finishing and, and um, you know, he knocked down a three as well. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's competing and he's learning and he's growing and, and um, this is all, this is all part of it. There's, there's ups and downs, but you can see the, uh, the arrow is trending upward with with jk he's doing a great job the warriors are going to need jonathan kaminga to continue to have that arrow trending upward as they head toward the back end of the season and on into the playoffs i mean they're almost counting on him it's <laughs> going back and forth with my guy steiny a little bit tonight and he made the point and, and by the way we're going to have a warriors weekly podcast that's going to drop tomorrow sometime between uh, probably 11 and noon look for that uh, for 95-7 the game, and uh, he made the point that the Warriors are, you know, like they, they need his offense. They need what he's bringing to the table uh, on that end, his ability to, to put pressure on the on the rim and be able to attack at, at the basket, and they're, they're just kind of leaning on him uh, at different points here in these in these last couple of games, and I, I think that is a, a good point and an accurate one, the fact that uh, Kaminga is somebody that's going to be, I think, the eighth man in in the Warriors rotation as we look ahead toward the playoffs. If he continues on the on the trajectory that that he's on right now, I mean, you know, Steph and Clay, you know, Draymond and Wiggins, you know, Kevon Looney's going to be a part of it, and then Jordan Poole is the six. I think Divincenzo the seven, and Kaminga's that next guy at eight. I think right now, barring some kind of move from the outside to you know, add. Uh, and then, you know, is Anthony Lamb the ninth? Do they make him playoff eligible? Do the Warriors go get somebody else that does a little bit of what Anthony Lamb does, only maybe with, with more size? And, you know, is is there another big man potentially that, that's involved in the equation? And we didn't talk about James Wiseman 
tonight, but Wiseman was healthy and and active and available to play tonight and didn't play tonight. So, uh, you know, again, as Steve Kerr said to Monty Poole, hey, it's about positives tonight. We're not getting into some of the negatives. And look, it's not really a big negative necessarily that Wiseman didn't play in this game, but I, I don't think it was necessarily surprising that Wiseman, even coming off the injury, was out on the court, although Jamichael Green really struggled in, in this one tonight. So I, I think keep an eye on Wiseman because it's been so difficult for him to build momentum coming back from injuries. It's almost as if he's had to start the entire process and build up back toward being a, a, a remotely effective player in small stretches every time he's come back from one of these injuries. So how long does it take to where he can get back into the, the trust of the Warrior coaching staff to be able to to be back on the floor, even in a limited role uh, to, to where he was? I mean, playing three, four minutes a half uh, in a, for a couple of games before he got hurt. That was viewed as such a big step, and now it's almost as if he's he's starting over from from scratch uh, moving forward here. So something to something to keep an eye on. Uh, also, uh, the comments from Coach Kerr about Jordan Poole being much more solid, and while not a perfect player, I would agree with with Steve Kerr as, as far as that goes. And and just you know, to me, the it's more about the mindset. And the mindset was not on point when he took that that deep three that ticked off Steph Curry and basically led to him getting so mad that he threw his mouthpiece and got kicked out of the game. But I do think Jordan Poole's starting to find a little bit of an in-between ground where he's in the starting lineup again, and I think that allows him to be a little bit more more relaxed, frankly. And so, you know, we'll see. Uh, moving forward, I know he's been a maligned player by the Warrior fan base, but uh, you listen to the head coach there, much more solid from, from Jordan Poole. And, and, yeah, the win is the most important thing. Xfinity Mobile text line, we've had a few people say that. You know, winning after the ejection, as Kerr mentioned, but but just getting a win, period. The difference between being 24 and 24 right now and being 23 and 25, it just has a much different feel while only being one game in the standings, you just don't want to get to where you're a, a, you know, a couple of games under 500 and then you're fighting to just get back because you get a couple of games under 500, you may be 13th in the West at, at this point. And, and you look at how jumbled up it is. And the Warriors now, with the win, moved from 10th to 9th. And there were a lot of teams playing each other tonight among the, the glut. Uh, essentially here in the in the Western Conference. And you, you start to go through it. Uh, Minnesota and the Pelicans played each other. They're in that glut. Uh, Minnesota won tonight, 11-102. Portland and Utah are in the glut, although Portland's been dreadful lately. Uh, they got a win tonight against Utah, which dipped Utah back below 500 uh, at this point. In the season, Oklahoma City got beat by Atlanta tonight. They had been playing better. The Kings lost uh, at home to Toronto, one thirteen to ninety five. The game wasn't even close in the second half. And Toronto's going to be in here on on Friday night to to face the Warriors. Uh, and they're they're capable on any given night. While not a great team by any stretch of of given a, a conscientious game, uh, they held the Kings to under a hundred. And the Kings had only been held under 100 one time this season. Lakers got another win. So the Warriors' win moved them from 10th to
to ninth. But as you look at the standings, the difference between fourth right now, which is the Pelicans, and 13th, the difference between fourth and 13th is three games. The Pelicans in fourth are 26 and 23. The Lakers in 13th are 23 and 26. The the opposite record here, uh, just about 50 games into the season. Warriors at the 48 game mark. So the Warriors are ninth, but they are a game and a half out of fourth, and they're only three and a half back of Sacramento at third. And I and, and I think Sacramento is still. I'm going to say this every night. As well as they've played, as special a season as they're having, and they've earned every bit of it, they are still, I think, a team that you look up at, at, at if at them being the three seed. If you're any one of these teams that that believes, whether you're the Clippers or the Warriors or the Mavs or the Suns, any one of these teams that have a little bit of pedigree in the playoffs, you look at the Kings as a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 17 years, and you think they are exactly the team that maybe isn't going to fall completely out of the playoffs, but you definitely think there's some regression to the mean for Sacramento to a point where maybe they get a little bit closer to that 500 mark and the three seed is in play. So that, that that's the point of the conversation. The three seed is very much in play for a lot of these teams that believe that they would even playing poorly have a better record than 27 and 20 right now, which is, which is currently where the, where the Kings are at. Uh, so yeah, you look at it and the four seed is absolutely on the table. And I think because the three seed is Sacramento, uh, a relative unknown here in the final 30, 35 games of the season, they are the kind of team that I think can be, can be had as far as, you know, maybe it's not the Warriors, but, but one of these other teams, if they, if they can get on a run. So I think that bodes, uh, some some optimism, but the flip side to that is, hey, you win five in a row, you might be third. You lose four or five in a row, you might be thirteenth, and and in big trouble very quickly. But it is still uh, very much jumbled up uh, along the Western Conference. All right, that'll do it. Uh, we'll call it a night on that note. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody. An hour commercial free. Uh, just rolling through it. A lot of really good phone calls tonight. Appreciate those on the Xfinity Mobile text line, those watching on YouTube and Twitch as well. As uh, I'm John Dickinson, Warriors get the win 122 to 120. Thanks to Sterling Bennett and everybody in our San Francisco studios. Great stuff there. I will be back with Warriors Live coming your way at 6 as it's the Warriors and the Raptors before the Dubs head back out on the road. Again, Warriors Live at 6 Friday night, and then the Warriors and the Toronto Raptors from Chase on Friday, and we'll have a Warriors wrap-up and, of course, a uh, Warriors this week for you on Saturday. Join me and Whitey Gleason with that. So uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you on Friday. Dubs get the win, 122-120, to 120, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.